I'm going to read Isaiah 9-6 to start our time. That The verse that we've been looking at the last few weeks uh, during our Advent series. Isaiah 9-6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our Advent theme for this um, this Christmas season is all we need. And um, I uh, I love it, and I I my longing is that we would we would grab a hold of that truth in our hearts. I mean, that we would realize, and, and we're individuals that, I mean, we have so much um, at our disposal. I mean, now if you, you, you feel a pain in your stomach, you can go online, you know, and you can be your own doctor and figure it all out and usually probably end up dying because of it, but at least, <laughs> at least you can feel like an expert in the process. And, um, but <laughs> there's, there's so much at our disposal our disposal to to solve our problems and yet at the same time we're we're just increasingly just this increasingly broken world and needy people and yet at the same time we forget i mean just this simple truth where jesus is all we need and that's what I, I love about this, this verse we're looking at. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the dozens and dozens and dozens of other names that Jesus has given throughout Scripture that remind us that what, what our need is, he is the answer to that need. The, um, and so this morning, we're going to focus on Everlasting Father, and I think probably for most of us, it might capture the biggest heart longing or the biggest need for most of us and for most of us that live in the world today. Uh, this might sound like kind of a, a blunt phrase, but and so pardon me if it is, but I think we have a lot of sperm donors but we don't have a lot of dads. You understand what I mean? I mean, we're, we're, we're in a world that is in desperate need of dads. And to kind of get us thinking along that line, and as we look at Jesus being all we need, this everlasting father, um, I'd like to read some statistics that, um, you know, again, I'm an expert. I went online and searched this out. The, uh, it's actually from a website called fathers.com, and it has it, some really sobering statistics that I'd like you to think about as we, as we look at what does it mean for Jesus to be our everlasting father. And the statistics are heartbreaking. Um, the extent of fatherlessness in our world today, an estimated 24.7 million children, that's, we're talking about the United States, 24.7 million children, 33% of children live absent from their biological father. 
Of students in grades 1 through 12, 39%, 17.7 million children, live in homes absent from their biological father. 57.6% of black children, 31.2% of Hispanic children, 20.7% of white children are living absent from their biological fathers. Between the, the years of 1950 to 1954, and I would be on that 1954. Um, I know you're thinking that you were born in 1984, but 1954, I know that's when I was born. The, uh, in case you're trying to figure out how old I am, that's 39, okay? <laughs> the, um, so white children born between 1950 and 1954 spent only 8% of their childhood with just one parent. Okay, so just 8% of their childhood with just one parent. Black children, 22%. Now fast forward to 1980. If you were born 1980, and some of you are closer to that, white children can be expected to spend 31% of their childhood years with just one parent. It's a big difference, 8%, 31%. Black children, 59%. So it's no surprise that 72.2% of the U.S. population say that fatherlessness is the most significant family or social problem facing America. I think it's probably true. So you could say, well, what does it matter? But now this is what's really sobering. I'm just going to spend a few more minutes um, saying what the impact of that is, fatherlessness in our world today. And before I say this, I want to say it's really important that you understand that these statistics aren't attacking single moms or single dads as failures, okay? I mean, single moms are heroes. Single dads are heroes. That, this is merely stating how important and crucial it is and the impact it has on children where fathers are absent from the home. So a couple of things. Poverty. It says children in father-absent homes are almost four times more likely to be poor. Um, in 2011, 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty compared to 44% of children in mother-only families. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services states fatherless children are at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse. Children of single-parent homes are more than twice as likely to commit suicide. Children living with their married biological father tested at significantly higher level educationally than those living with a non-biological father. Just a couple more. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. Um, a crime statistic um, explore the relationship between the family structure and risks of violent acts in neighborhoods. And the results showed that if the number of fathers is low in a neighborhood, then there is an increase in acts of teen violence. The data showed that a 1% increase in single-parent families in a neighborhood is associated with a 3% increase in violence. 
and, and go on and on. There's just tons of these statistics. But, you know, as I, as I look at it, we could say, and, and as, as we're going to look at this incredible truth that Jesus is not only our wonderful counselor, mighty God, but he's our everlasting father. Uh, it's, we want to ask, what does that mean? And because we could, I think we could title this sermon, The Answer to Absent Dads, <laughs> as we look at Jesus being our everlasting father. Um, if you take your Bibles, we're going to look at, we, we want to ask, what does this mean that Jesus is our everlasting father? Because there's, there's no question from these statistics that, that it, it's a need. So if you'd start with me, turn to Psalm 27. We're going to just look at a, a few verses that capture what this means. I realize that as, we, as we're looking at this this morning, this could be emotional for, for a bunch of us here because um, as we look at the statistics, there's no question that a bunch of us here this morning probably grew up in a home without a dad or a dad that was absent or was uninvolved. Or, um, and I, I hope as we read this this morning that one of the things you'll just be encouraged by these scriptures. Um, I was mentioning earlier... Um, it came to my mind as I was as I was studying this. Uh, what, what came to my mind was a, a little book called Hind's Feet in High Places. Um, any of you familiar with that? It's a it's a neat little book. It's about a um, a gal. Her name is Much Afraid, and she's she's just terrified by everything. And she's on a journey, and um, and the shepherd, which is a Jesus. Uh, picturing Jesus has told her that if on this journey that if she ever needs him that all she has to do is just call out shepherd and it's it's a beautiful story she goes through all kinds of trials and all kinds of challenges and difficulties I mean there are some times where she didn't she doesn't call out to him and 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 she faces the consequences but then there are other times in the midst of the most difficult challenges she just she just cries out shepherd come and he's right there and that's the beautiful truth of this i think for us who who like i said were without a father or an absent or uninvolved or that that this truth that jesus our everlasting father is that we can call out to him um like the psalms say pour out your heart to him and just say dad that's who he is. Just, Dad, I need you. And that he'll be this for us. So Psalm 27.10. Notice this is a great verse. It says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That's a promise. If, if your dad has forsaken you or, or wasn't there for you, Jesus will be there for you as a father. Psalm 68.5. Psalm 68.5. I'm going to start at verse 4. It says, Sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. And it's this picture of God just in his might. And then it says, verse 4, a father to the fatherless. Isn't that a 
a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. And often we think of people who are high and mighty and important. They wouldn't have time for a fatherless child, but God in all his greatness is a father to the fatherless. Um, I think the first thing it means for Jesus to be an everlasting father is that he will be there as a father when you don't have a father. And I think that can be today for us, um, that he'll be there. Um, Turn to Isaiah 64. It's a few books beyond Psalms. Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64, verse 8. And these next two verses, they, they really tell us the kind of father that he'll be when he will be there when we need him. Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says, You, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And then flip back to Isaiah 63, Verse 16, just the chapter before, Isaiah 63, 16, it says, You are our father, though Abraham does not know us, or Israel acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. It's an incredible verse because Abraham is the father of the Jewish people. It says, even though Abraham, the father of faith, or Israel, the father of the twelve... They don't know because we've, because we as a people have strayed so far from you, God, and it's like Abraham and Israel wouldn't even recognize us. God, you're still our father. <laughs> you're still our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. And, and the beautiful thing about this is it says there could be no better father. <laughs> when we need a father, there could be no better father because he's the one who made us. We're the clay, he's the potter, he's the one who formed us. In John chapter 1 it says, there's nothing that has come into being that he did not make. And so he formed us, he created us, and here in Isaiah 63, 16 it says he, he redeemed us. When we, when we strayed from him, no matter how far we've gone from him, even though Abraham and Israel said, I don't, I don't know you, God says, I redeemed you. What an incredible father, huh? It doesn't matter what we've done or how far we've strayed, what we've, uh, who we are. Um, he's a father, and he knows us like no one else knows us. Turn back to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Verse 13. And a couple of verses here just show kind of the incredible truth of what it means for him to be a father. Verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Um, probably a lot of us didn't know a dad that was compassionate. Um, but as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Psalm 103.13. And then Proverbs 3.12, the next book, Proverbs 3.12, which is a great kind of flip side, a, a wonderful balance to that. Proverbs 3.12, it says, starting at verse 11, it says, My son, 
Don't despise the Lord's discipline, the Lord's instruction. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Um, So what does it mean for him to be Jesus, to be our everlasting father? It means for him to be someone who's always, who's there. If our father is not there. Someone who knows us through and through, who formed us, he made us, he redeemed us. It doesn't matter what we've done. And, and then treats us with compassion, but also with instruction and discipline. Um, and then the title in, in, in Isaiah 9, 6, where he says his name will be called Everlasting Father. You know, there's two two words in the Old Testament that are translated uh, forever or ever or everlasting, and they're interchangeable. And I looked at all of them, and they're and they ba- basically they mean the same thing. They just mean He will always be there. <laughs> he has always been there from the beginning when He made us, when we were in His mind before we even existed, when we strayed from Him, when He redeemed us, when He drew us back to himself, he has always been there and will always be there for us. Not like, man, I wonder if my dad's going to show up in my ball game today. <laughs> or if I'm wondering if he'll be home today when I get home. Or, or even if he's there, if he'll, if he'll be there. Or if he'll be with his face peeled behind a, a newspaper looking at the TV. Jesus is our everlasting father. In the New Testament, it says he will never leave us or forsake us, period. Uh, He's always there. I think that's what it means. That should be a huge encouragement. And as as we just look briefly, then it says, well, why does that matter? I mean, as we look at the statistics, it should matter because, number one, it it should give us incredible hope. Um, Incredible hope that uh, just like Much Afraid in, in, um, in the book Heinz Feet on High Places, that if you're feeling abandoned, if you're feeling neglected, if you're feeling lonely or hurt or angry or bitter because you didn't have a dad or a dad that wasn't there, that, that Jesus will be there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you are or where you're at right now. You, you say, Dad, Dad, I need you. And his promises that will be there. That's why just wonderful verses in, in the New Testament say, cast your cares or cast your burdens on him because he cares for you. Because he's an everlasting father. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened by life, and, and I will give you rest because he's, he's your everlasting father. That's why the Psalms say, pour out your heart to him (laughs) because he cares and he's listening and he'll be there. um, So that should, that gives us incredible hope in a a world where um, fatherlessness is huge. But the second thing is that I think we can learn from this that's equally as important is not only does Jesus give us hope, um, for the fatherless, 
but he also gives us an example. You know, Jesus wasn't a biological father. <laughs> um, that's probably an obvious, but you know, as we're talking about Jesus being an everlasting father, it's important to realize that he wasn't a biological father. He was, he was a come alongside <laughs> when we don't have a dad there to be a dad for us. And, and I think that gives us not only incredible hope, but it gives us an incredible example um, for us who know Jesus and have found him to be our comfort and, and, our, and, our, and, and our God and our dad, for us following his example to come alongside these horrible statistics, these the, just millions but, but put it here in Kitsap County, hundreds of hurting kids who don't have dads. Um, though Jesus is an ever-present help in time of need, that's how he's described in the New Testament, I think sometimes what we need is something with skin on, right? <laughs> we can say, that sounds great. Dad, I need you, but what I need is somebody to be there at my ball game, somebody to, somebody to be there uh, and, and give me a hug. Um, and I think that's the incredible other thing that we can learn from this as we see Jesus as our example. Uh, we see it in the New Testament um, in the person of Timothy and, and, and Paul. Um, in First and Second Timothy, we see a, a young man who had a mother and a grandmother. Lois and Eunice were their names, but it seems like he doesn't have a dad. And as a result, when we look at the books of First and Second Timothy, we see a guy who seems to be struggling with himself, struggling with his self-image, struggling with what people are saying about him, that they're saying, uh, you're too young, you shouldn't be doing anything, you should keep your mouth shut. And, and so just a struggling kid. But then we see Paul grabbing Timothy, coming alongside of him, becoming his dad. And we know that because in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, they both open Paul's letters to young Timothy, calling Timothy his true child in 1 Timothy and his beloved child in 2 Timothy. I mean, so Paul has kind of come alongside this young man, adopted him as his son. And, you know, and the incredible thing is this this kid who could have become a statistic ends up becoming the lead pastor of the church in Ephesus. I think to a huge degree because Paul came alongside of him. You know, we, to go along with the statistics, we, we got a lot of hurting young people in our community. Um, a bunch come to my mind. One, I visited him in jail Last week, um, his name starts with R. It's a young man that lost his dad years ago, never really had a mom. He's been in and out of jail, struggled with meth addiction, and um, just a, a kid that could just really use a man to come alongside of him. Um, and I've been that to this young man a lot of times. It's like a young man... Um, We'll call him George. The um, he was at our house for Thanksgiving, and uh, he just poured out his heart to me as he as he shared his story. The um, he didn't have a dad. He was taken out of his 
home at a young age because his mom was a meth addict, put into his grandparents' home, and his grandfather abused him. So no dad, horrible grandfather. Ended up in a bunch of different foster homes. Eventually was adopted at 12 years old. The day before his 18th birthday, they kicked him out. Told him that if he got a job and earned money, he could come back because he could give him money. Didn't sound like he had much of a dad there. And um, man, a kid that could really use a dad. And I could go on and on and on. We have, I, when I think of fatherless kids, I think of a group of brothers. There's four or five of them. Their mom was murdered several years ago. Dad was deported. They've been like orphans running the streets of Kitsap County for years. Angry, bitter, hurting. The good news, as we think of the hope that Jesus is as an everlasting father, and the example he gives, the, the good news for men for you all sitting here this morning is we have kids that I can supply you to be a dad to. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Vern, you should be cheering right now. <laughs> Vern is that to a bunch of young people in Paulsbo. The, uh, just think of the, the incredible joy. I mean, after the, after the first gathering, I had a young man come up to me, and it was exciting because he went to our volunteer training and he is so excited to be. He says, that's what a mentor, that's what I want to be. I want to be a mentor. I'm so excited because he, he caught a vision of following Jesus' example to be a father to the fatherless. Um, and you know, it doesn't have to be just those of us that don't have fathers. I mean, we can all kind of, some of have an ache in our heart. I, I grew up with a father that I came to realize after I grew up and got out of my own arrogance and rebelliousness and thought I had everything together, my father was the problem, I came to realize my, I really was blessed with a pretty incredible dad. I mean, he, uh, when I was on the tennis team and I wasn't doing very well, he got up with me an hour before school every day to hit the tennis court to practice tennis so I could become a better tennis player. And he's a dad that... Um, wept when I had my appendectomy because he cared so much for me. And yet, you know, because I struggled with my dad's discipline, and he was a harsh disciplinarian, I struggled with it. I kind of separated me from my dad and and made me alienated from him. You know, God in his mercy gave me a bunch of other men. (laughs) It doesn't have to be just fatherless, guys, but, but men coming alongside young men who need someone to be a mentor to them or care for them. Or, and so God wonderfully did that. When in my teen years, God provided a, a, a Washington State Patrol officer who became a youth pastor uh, to be a, a mentor to me, um, a man that I talked to on the phone a couple of weeks ago, just a really neat man. Um, my biggest memory of him was racing down the road against each other. And this is a state patrol officer, I want you to remember. So he was guilty, not me. <laughs> because of a, a scavenger hunt we were on and seeing who could get there first. <laughs> he, was a, he was a great guy. Um, 
Then when I was in college, God providing another man, a, a pastor, his name was Carl, to invite me and my roommate uh, into his into this church, into their uh, to to work with their youth and into their home. We were in their home all the time, just mentoring us. Not not as a project, not a part of a program, but just caring for me. When I got to seminary, the same thing. Um, God provided a, a seminary professor who invited me in, into their home and and just spent hundreds of hours with them. Um, him being like a father figure to me. You know, we're in a fatherless world. But the good news is there's hope because Jesus is a dad always there, always available to come alongside, that cares, that's compassionate, and will be there. And we can just call out, Dad, I need you. Whether we're, whether we're a young child or whether we're, we're still struggling as adults because of the fatherlessness that we experience, we can call out and say, Dad, I need you. You can do that today. Uh, but also we receive just this incredible example. And I just like to invite you, whether, and, and I know I'm talking to men, but you know, there's a lot of gals and guys out there that need a mother too. <laughs> um, that they need a lady to come alongside them and love them and show them compassion. I just like to invite us as we keep our eyes on Jesus and appreciate the, the dad that he is to us and, and the example that he gives to us the incredible opportunity we have to come alongside and, and see these statistics changed. <laughs> where we are here um, to where there's some awfully hurting young people that we can come alongside and we can care for them. We can show the compassion. We can be there when they, when they need us. We can be that dad that they need so that instead of being a statistic, they can grow up to be like a Timothy, <laughs> an incredible man of God, woman of God. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for Jesus. Jesus, you really are all we need. And I just thank you for um, this truth that you are a father to the fatherless. And um, I pray that you would just Help us to fall all over in love with you again. Just thank, thankful for who you are, for what we need, and, and helping us follow, following in your footsteps to just keep that overflowing to others that are hurting around us. Thank you. Amen.